the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. That's Bud Elliott. That's Danny Cannell. I'm Chip Patterson coming to you live at YouTube.com slash Cover 3 and everywhere you get your podcasts on demand. Thanks for hanging out. Smash that subscribe. Smash that like and come and join us in the chat, a.k.a. the Cover 3 tailgate, where, look, at 8.44 a.m. Eastern time, Cover 3 tailgate, they were, you know, making their breakfast drinks. They were getting the sausages on the grill and talking about the latest rumors of Dylan Rayola, Kyle McCord, and what's going on at Nebraska. And that's what you can get coming and hanging out in the Cover 3 tailgate. So uh, we love everybody that comes. We appreciate our community. Lots to get to here on a Thursday because just like Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern time is the very best time of the week through the season, it is in, it is in the postseason as well because today we will have our very first edition of Bonanza. It is our breakdown of the storylines. Any best bets that we might be eyeing for today? Myrtle Beach Bowl, New Orleans Bowl, Cure Bowl, New Mexico Bowl, LA Bowl, Independence Bowl, Famous Toastery, and Frisco. For those keeping track at home, that is everything through Tuesday. So uh, all the games on Saturday, loaded slate. We'll get into those, plus Monday and Tuesday's game, uh, our previews of that. And, gentlemen... We're going to do ourselves a Money Line Sprinkles segment at the end of the show. A new bowl season Money Line Sprinkles competition because this episode of the Cover 3 podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Before we dive into the bonanza, last night we had a uh, a two-hour SEC release show. Week (laughs) by week. We had an HQ segment too. 
Yeah, I mean, look, and, and then we went three wide on HQ at mm-hmm. 9 p.m. Eastern time. So <laughs> Tom and I got to fire some takes off. <laughs> I mean, who they think they are, the NFL? I mean, what, <laughs> what's that? Uh, Danny, uh, did you, you get a chance to uh, get the schedule release? Any, any takeaways from, uh, from what we saw from the SEC laying out dates uh, for the entire 2024 schedule? Yeah, I was just curious because I think it's awesome. Like the NF, uh, the NFL model, right? I've been try- crying for this for years. Like campaign and saying this is great. Like capitalize on it. I saw a couple of them put out the uh, social media videos where you kind of release them with some clever uh, ways to do it. When is the? Because uh, you know uh, the SEC, it's owned by ESPN. So is the ACC. Um, and that's been a big point of contention. When is the uh, ACC schedule release in prime time scheduled to air? Did you guys see that one? I was about to ask. Uh, is that tonight? Yeah. Or is that? It's actually, it already happened. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was that in prime time for two hours on ESPN, on E1? It, it was not on ACC Network. It was like, it was ACC yeah. Network, you know. Okay. It, well, at least it got coverage. Just Yeah, it was. You know, it's interesting when you have one one that you invest $3 billion and another one that you invest, you know, not, not anywhere near as much. You might get more backing from one than the other. Just an interesting sure. note, a nugget. I, I don't know how. I don't know how that happens. Uh, uh oh, there's so going to be like a 700 word tweet coming. <laughs> I did love Big Cat calling Watch. out on that. I was like, bro, page breaks, paragraphs, threads, <laughs> yes, oh, Un- unhinged. Take take a walk with the dog. Or uh, without the dog. Log off. Two things. I two things jumped out big to me. One, now I know this isn't going to happen every year. It's just this week or this first year of it, which I do think they should look into. Two bye weeks for everybody, I think, is great, especially when you're, you know, if you're concerned at all about the health of the player. This is a much more rigorous schedule. Um, it's just I, I prefer teams getting two bye weeks. So the first year of it, they're going to, I guess, you know, the calendar, the way it unfolds. I wish they would look into it. And then the other uh, two things is Florida. Good luck to Billy Napier. That finishing uh, gauntlet is about as rough as you've seen from anybody. And uh, Oklahoma, welcome to the SEC. Um, is, a, is one of those kind of years it looks like it's going to be. And then I'll say some of the non-com, like Texas, Michigan, sign me up all day long. So definitely some highlights. I mean, it looks awesome. It looks fun. It looks like they're going to get every penny worth of the money that they uh, spent for ESPN. So I get it. I get why it's exciting. It's awesome. Bud, you catch this? Catch. The schedules. I didn't watch the show. I just look, looked at the at the graphic afterwards. I'm like, what? I can read, so I don't need to just get all of my information from TV. Um, so, two things. I totally agree with Danny on uh, what he said there. I, look, it is very obvious why Florida and Arkansas did not fire their coaches after looking at who they were going to play. Right? Why would you want a new coach to have to wear all the losses that are coming for those teams next year? Let the let the coach that you're about to fire do it, and then give the new guy a fresh start. Kind of the same thing with Texas A&M. It's a fairly favorable schedule relative to what they have on that roster. Do you want to waste that good year potentially on Jimbo, or do you want to let the new guy get off to a potential hot start? So figuring out who's on your schedule coming up and timing that up with when you fire or make a hire uh, is pretty good business. So I totally get why those schools did that. Uh, a lot of our listeners think I hate old Miss, and, and I don't. My system just thought their defense this year – was a total scam. Uh, but when I look at Ole Miss's schedule, who's on it, who's not on it, where they have to play, when they have to play them. And I see that Ole Miss is throwing around huge money in the transfer portal. I mean, they are going all 
in on making the college ball playoff this year. Like I think Ole Miss has a real good chance to be this year's Louisville or this year's Oklahoma State, given that schedule and given the, the type of players they're going after in the transfer portal. Like Ole Miss is really in it for a guy like, like a Walter Nolan. I mean, they're they're not messing around. So uh I'm about to go from like hating the Rebs to loving on some old miss here because that schedule is a cakewalk by SEC standards and uh, they're they're gonna kill it in the transfer portal with what they're throwing around. See, I we don't, knew I don't agree. Go ahead, Tom. <clears throat> I don't think it's a cakewalk. I think that if you look really? at the opponents, like for I mean, they have to play LSU, they have to play Oklahoma, they have to play Georgia. Like those are their toughest games. Otherwise, I get what you're saying as far as who they have to play. Problem is Danny mentioned the buys. Ole Miss has to play seven games before it gets its first buy. And the final game of that seven-game stretch is at LSU, which will be coming off of a bye. So I, I look at Ole Miss as a team where it's like, yeah, sure, the beginning of the season isn't packed with a lot of tough opponents, but having to play that many games in a row, you might be pretty banged up by the time you get to the LSU game, and you might be really banged up after the LSU game when you do get to your bye. But then you come back from your bye with Oklahoma at Arkansas, Georgia. I don't know, man. I just feel like Ole Miss is one of those teams that, looking at this schedule, is primed to start like 5-0 and and then have a pretty rough finish. If they weren't making these additions in the portal, I would agree with you. But I do think they're going to level up this roster and really push all the chips in this year. Like This is different than what they did last year in the transfer portal. I'm just saying it now so I can kind of plant my flag on this. Like I think they're going to land a lot of the best players and really throw some cash around. Also, they've scheduled four automatic wins in the non-conference, right? Middle Tennessee, Furman, um, Wake and Forest, Wake and Georgia, Georgia Southern. Southern. Yeah. They won't lose any of those teams. Oh. Do you um, – what's – because I remember this vividly um, early in the playoff when it was four teams, you know, um, you know, two, two teams in the – you know, two SEC teams in. What's the, what's the win total to get an SEC team in? Is it nine and three? You're a lock. Is it you're in the conversation? No. We talked about this last night, actually. I think it's four teams. I think you will have four teams from the SEC and four teams from the Big Ten in the 12 team playoff. And that's where we can be sitting here in the in the shadow of the SEC schedule release. But do not forget that when you're adding Oregon, Washington, and USC, head coached by Dan Lanning, Kalen DeBoer, and Lincoln Riley, those are programs that are jumping into the Big Ten with full expectation of competing for an at-large spot at a minimum in the college football playoffs. So you throw them in there with Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. I don't know. May- maybe if you get to see Wisconsin get it together with Tyler Van Dyke. Like this is a... This is a scenario where if you are in the ACC and if you are in the Big 12, your second best team or your team that does not win the automatic bid is going to be politicking against a three-loss team from the SEC or the Big 10 for one of those final spots and might have a tough argument going up against it. But I I think that three loss is not a lock from the SEC. I think it's more of a... Uh, 10 wins is a lock. Ten, Yeah, ten, a 10-2... Ten in the SEC, given the membership, feels like that'll be the the path to be able to make it as an at-large in the 12-team format. Although I will say the one thing that we should consider that, I don't know, I mean, 9-3 and three might be a lock because 9-3 and three might be the new 10-2. and two. Like, when you look at these schedules, it's going to be really hard for teams to go 10-2. and two. Like, right. Yeah, so that was my three, point. Yeah. 
so there's a chance nine and three could be the new 10 and two and that we're just at the end of the year there might not be any undefeated teams in the regular season at this point because of the schedules that everybody has to play at least not in the sec in the big 10 but i do think that like i said i said on hq last night i think more often than not eight of the 12 teams will be from the big 10 in the sec like every once in a while the ACC with Clemson and Florida State will get two in. It'll depend on who's hurt for Florida State, obviously. But I don't think that the Big 12 is ever really going to have a solid chance of getting two teams in because I just don't know who if they'll have two elite, quote-unquote, teams every year that are worthy of a playoff selection. So, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. But going back to the schedule, that is the one takeaway that I have. It's like Ole Miss has an easier schedule. Florida has a tougher schedule. Nobody in these leagues has an easy schedule anymore. Yeah, There's nowhere but, to run or hide. But there is, like, we knew some of these opponents going into last night, but especially when we got to see the stretches that were put together, it really crystallized that the teams that are showing up, you know, we've mentioned uh, in Alabama, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, SEC West, SEC West, SEC West, the teams that have really tough schedules or tough stretches, Florida, South Carolina, even Georgia has a four-game stretch where they have to play at Alabama and at Texas, mm -hmm. SEC East, SEC East, SEC East. You go divisionless, life is getting harder for the SEC East, life is getting slightly easier for the SEC West. Again, no divisions, top two teams make the championship, which brings me to my next point, the top contenders have backloaded ass schedules. All the teams that you expect to be in the mix for the top two spots in the SEC standings are going to be yeah, TV, TV, TV mm -hmm. uh, are going to be playing at least two of each other all in November. That is going to create the kind of chaos, confusing tiebreakers, and ultimately incredible stakes for some of those matchups uh, coming down the stretch trying yeah, to figure they're setting, out. They're what? setting up playoff games in the final two weeks of the season, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, Florida plays 10 games against teams that made a bowl game this year. Georgia has just one home game in the first five weeks of the season. Congratulations, Bulldogs. Uh, in terms of LSU, Mississippi State, it will be the first time they've not played against each other since 1943. It's the first time Alabama has not played Mississippi State since 1947. It's the first time Auburn has not played Mississippi State since 1950. Why is Mississippi State losing all of its <laughs> losing all of its rivalries here? I, I think you know why. Because yeah, they're yeah. not like, worried about you guys. Those. Shut the hell up and take this check. You're lucky to still be in the league. Yeah, yeah. they had to just don't do the numbers these other teams do. Yeah, yeah. You, you had to make some tough decisions, and uh, and Mississippi State came up on the short end of it. Um, I, I yeah. thought I have more winners. Okay, let's go. Um, I think Missouri has an excellent chance if if they run good to go like a nine and three or ten and two. Um, I mean, to me, that one's that one's big, uh, and I think Texas actually as well because Oklahoma this year counts as a road game, which means they're only playing three uh, true SEC road games, and one of those is in Nashville. So, if you don't think we can get forty thousand Texas fans to go take over Vanderbilt Stadium and do like you know Nashville weekend for the first time. I think you got another thing coming. So uh, Texas only has two like legitimate road games this year that are are you know it's what Fayetteville, Arkansas, and then at A and M in conference um, play because they are going to the Big House. Correct. They're, they're, they are going to Michigan exactly. Uh, so I, I think those Ole Miss, Missouri, Texas are probably the three that got the biggest breaks relative to their talent level. Um, Arkansas and Florida, I don't think their coaches make it past Halloween. No. Um, Speaking of Missouri, why is Missouri playing a road game at UMass? Is it a two-for-one type deal? 
has to be. It it better be. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's always the one thing that I look for when a new schedule comes out. I want to see what dumbass non-conference games some of these teams are playing, and that one stood out. Oklahoma's uh, is tough, by the way. Yeah. We also we say goodbye for the most part to Cupcake Saturday, the mm-hmm. second to last week of the season. There's still a couple, but everybody does. But from like everybody but one, so there was one TV game, which is what it's been. Not anymore. It's TV, all about TV, the backloaded. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it, I don't know why Missouri did that, but uh, the Alpha Nerd did join the uh, the release show from an in-home visit. Like he had like stepped into the garage of an in-home visit. Laura Rutledge, um, on the excellent host and University of Florida graduate, said, "Well, I hope whoever uh, whoever you're there, you know, you're you're able to get the commit." And Eli looks right in his phone and goes, "Given where you're from, I don't think you want to say that." <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I was like, <laughs> "I see." That's unreal. Where's, where, where's the where's the black zone? Let's flip them. Let's go. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> spatula out. Oh, spatula out. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Um, let's let's go ahead and pivot real quickly because we do have a lot of bowl games to uh, get to. The latest portal buzz um, news broke right. You know, on Wednesday night, Texas quarterback Malik Murphy will be entering the transfer portal, uh, and especially significant here, he will not be joining Texas in the college football playoff. He said, it's nothing against Texas. I love those guys, but, and a lot of blame is being put on the college football calendar. Is that, is that, is that fair for us to just blame the way that things go? Or, I mean, he, he could have waited until after the playoff. Um, then he couldn't enroll in class in spring, right? Oh, I, I blame two things. I blame the calendar and I blame society as a whole. Like, I'm not joking. Like, where we are with sports, like, team sports are a thing of the past. Like, they don't almost don't exist. And I see it in youth sports and my own, like, daughters at 12 year old travel soccer. Like, it's only about you, the person, the individual. You got to get yours. You have to make sure you're. Stats are good enough to get a scholarship. You have to make sure you get paid. There are very rarely any sacrifices made for the greater good of the team, which is kind of the way I was raised. And it is like, and I don't think Malik Murphy's a bad kid. Everything you hear about him is he's awesome. He's good. You know, he's a good kid. I just hope he doesn't regret it one day. You know, like what happens? Quinn Ewers hasn't, you know, he hasn't been like the picture of durability as we've seen Malik Murphy get two starts. And the last time Texas was in a championship game, we all remembered what happened early, right? Like, you are one play away from playing, and you just handed that opportunity off to Arch Manning. So, And I don't fault him for leaving. I get it, the opportunity. I just, optically, I hate it. I just, I don't like it. Yeah, I understand it. it. It's, he's got to go to school. Like, it, he doesn't really have a choice. If he wants to go to school there, It's he's either got to leave the playoff or sit at Texas on the bench for another year. Like, I, I, I don't really... Because it's for I, spring practice. I don't think right? it's he a wants, selfish decision. He, he I think it's just, somewhere. yeah. Yeah, he wants to get somewhere to be able to play in spring. Like, he's got to transfer in time to, to enroll and be at his new school for spring practice. Yeah, I think it's just a crappy situation based on the schedule and that this is when, you know, the transfer portal opens. This is when the bowl games are being played. This is when the title games are being played. If they want to change the schedule at some point in the future to keep this from happening, cool. But right now, this is just the situation that we're in. And honestly, I don't know if there is a logical kind of, you know, 
solution to it. Like, when do you have kids transfer? You can't wait until after January because, again, semesters at most schools start in January. So, I don't know. It's it's just a messed up deal. But this is this is the the boat we're in. Yeah. Look, if Luke Murphy doesn't look out for himself, who will? Right. If if you're playing for a Triple A team that's going to win the you know the Grapefruit League championship here in Florida, and you get called up to the Braves, you're going. College football, if you're an elite level prospect, is the minor leagues for the NFL. Like it's cool to win stuff, and and that's what you got to sell to the fans to keep them buying tickets and you know keep listening to our show and all that stuff. But if you're a kid, you need to be looking out for yourself, right? I I, I mean, if you're Malik Murphy, you want to make it to the NFL. That's your ultimate goal. It's not the three years or four years you're going to spend in college. I I agree with Daniel. Like he may look back on it like, damn, that'd be cool. To, like maybe chase a national title with Texas, but. If you're a starter, you're not doing this, yeah. right? It's it, it's Bud what happens if you're a backup. Bud is spreading the disease of me all around <laughs> yes. out there. He's just coughing all those germs all over everybody. Well, you I know get what, it. Daniel. You're right, though. I mean, I mean, they would burn his red shirt if they needed him to play. Like they would do the selfish thing, looking out for the best of the team too. Maybe, maybe. What would fix it? Would there important. be? Yeah, I was going to say, what do personnel people say? Like, what's what? What are they? What would they want? Does anybody have an idea of a, a way that you're not having these kinds of situations? In the long term, what would fix this is if Malik Murphy is under contract with the school, right? Not with a third party collective which is running your pseudo payroll, but with the actual school. And then if his contract runs into 2024. He can't transfer out, right? If his contract's up, then the school could elect to resign him if he would agree to the terms to stay as the backup, or he could go. But uh, nothing short of actual collectively bargained employment agreements will fix this. Okay, we just—it's just if you, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You want the control of the player, but you don't want to give the player any of the money. Like that will—that never flies in any kind of business. Yesterday we saw the court. You know, strike down the, the multi-time transfer rule. Like, yeah, this seems anti-competitive as hell. You guys are continuing to try to put non-competes on people that in the same court filing you're claiming are not employees. Guess what? That doesn't hold up real well. Non-competes are hard to enforce against actual employees, much less people you're saying are like volunteer amateur athletes, right? Not even employees. So, no, I don't think there's any change of the calendar because how the structure of the semesters is that would actually fix this. If you want to fix this, you put the players under contract. Or if you want to keep all the money to yourself, you deal with it. I still got the spatula in my hand. So. Yeah, I know. That was a great <laughs> image. I, I really appreciate what it. What if they just let them? I mean, I, I think Daniel put in there, like, let them enroll late into school. Like, what? Like we, we were talking about waivers and exemptions. What if they just said, hey, you know, we'll let him go. Texas agrees. He's going to let him enter the portal, and we'll let him enroll late. He has to find a school. Yeah. So how's he going to prepare for the playoff while also visiting schools to figure out where he's going to go? Again, it's just a schedule thing. It's I don't think it's got anything to do with player being selfish. I think it's just a player being smart. Mm. Like if he was the starting quarterback, I'd be like, what the hell? But he's the backup. He can't just sit there and be like, well, what if this happens? He's like, well, what if I don't get into school somewhere? What if the places I want to go don't have openings? That's more important. So we've got a temporary ruling on that that you just mentioned, bud. And I my my small little public school brain couldn't handle all this because it's, it's only 14 days. So like temper, it could potentially 
be back in place after 14 days? And is the NCAA going to retroactively like go back and and reverse course? I mean, what what for college basketball? This seems significant because there are multiple players that are awaiting uh, eligibility ruling to go and play in games like this weekend. From the college football side, what is, is there any fallout, or is this just sort of like the continued development of the court system challenging the NCAA system? Look, so it's a TRO. It'll last 14 days. The, the next uh, next time they meet on this is the 27th. There is some chance that it gets overturned and then it'll get kicked up to a higher court. I think that's probably unlikely um, given the, the ruling uh, that the court made and some of the language in there. They, they were like, yeah, we're going to find other antitrust exemptions against you guys too, like the, the local waiver uh, rule. So I, I think most schools will operate with impunity. Uh, with this 14-day thing. The NCAA already announced that it's not going to enforce it during this period, regardless of of where your school is located. So the seven attorneys general who filed, uh, it it clearly applies in their jurisdictions uh, and and where the the federal court is located. But uh, the NCAA has already said, like, we're we're not going to enforce this for the next 14 days, regardless of of where you're at. I would be shocked if if they come down on any school for playing a player uh, during this period who is a two-time transfer. Interesting, um, but you you had uh, you'd mentioned a note f- about the uh, the transfer portal and the collective. You you've been you've been on the ground, sort of figuring out all all the moving and shaking from from that side of things. Um, what what what's the latest that you're hearing there? Yeah, so I, I think honestly, like the best collectives out there are the ones that are letting decent to good players for their level walk and not being pressured into paying up for the certainty and the feel good. Like I want to feel good in December. I want to feel good in January, right? Like, you know, you you got a lot of guys transferring out. You're like, oh, that guy's not a bad player. But the thing is, at what price? You know, we see this in pro sports. And I think college colleges are are starting to catch on to this. Like the pro sports franchises that really screw up are the ones who give the really big bag to just the decent player. Nobody ever thinks it's a bad idea to pay the big money for like a true superstar. The colleges that are the best at this, I think, are the ones that are the most disciplined in letting okay players walk away, right? And be like, look, just because you're the next up to play does not mean you're the next up to get paid if the guy who you're replacing was a true superstar and you just happen to be the next starter there, you know? if When Tom Brady left the Patriots, the next guy up didn't get paid a zillion dollars. It's not like an, it's an endowed position where just, okay, if you're the starter for the Patriots, you get X dollars. Uh, so... I think schools are catching on to this more, and I, I think they're getting smarter with this overall. Last year, we saw a lot of these schools do the universal basic income thing. And to be honest, there is something to be said for like keeping team morale there, but at the same time, the bottom half of your roster ain't worth a damn thing in most cases, unless you think he's like a real high upside guy worth hanging on to, but he's you know somebody you have to develop for a year or two. So uh, I think we're seeing a shift away from the UBI and more – like the, the curve is starting to go like that. Like the very best players on the roster are the ones you have to hold on to. And you have to be as a football team and as a football GM comfortable embracing the uncertainty that December and January and February and March bring with the confidence that you're going to be able to get a similar quality player probably at a market discount. I don't know, I'm just starting to see the, the, the parallels between pro sports and college a little more. And the ones who screw this up are the ones that like, oh, yeah. 
you know, we, we ended up paying 600 K for a tight end who goes in the seventh round. Like that's a mistake. At least, but at, at least in college, you don't have to worry about salary cap. Like it hurts to go back and ask your boosters for more money, but right. at least you can get out of it without, you know, any cap implications. Yeah. But you also don't have revenue sharing. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're not guaranteed profit every year. The system is so confusing. It's great. I love it. I love that this is where we are now. So confusing. The calendar's broken. Revenue distribution's broken. Damn it. We do. The only solution is more playoff teams, Chip. We just got to cram more of them in there. It'll fix everything. Hey, we are good about talking about the teams and the players and the games and everything that happens from kickoff until triple zeros. And that's what we're going to get into next. So coming up on the other side. Our very first edition of Bonanza. Next. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Back here on the Cover 3 podcast, Jordan in the Cover 3 tailgate asks, will there be GM roles in college like NFL? There already are, including our own Barton Simmons, general manager of Vanderbilt football. Um, so yeah, it, it's already something that everyone is getting into. All right, let's 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 begin our bonanza. A couple couple goals here, okay? And at the end of all this, uh, we're going to come back with some a new competition, the Bowl Season Moneyline Sprinkles. Um, no no max if you want to sprinkle every single underdog that we talk about today. That's, that's fair. If you only have a couple, then that's cool too. But we're going to start, look for a little storyline, things that you're going to be looking for, interests, uh, anything of note that we should keep an eye on. And then, of course, if you've got any uh, any betting advice, best bets for the game, we'll get into those uh, as well. We begin on Saturday in the Myrtle Beach Bowl, which kicks off at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Georgia Southern against Ohio. Um, Danny, what's uh, you, you were we were talking about Clay Helton. Uh, I think it was before the show yesterday. Um, this was the Georgia Southern team that, as uh, we'd mentioned before, was the, uh, you know, I, I think Georgia Southern got an, its name on the Sunbelt Conference office because if you remember, it was their donations of wins to the rest of the conference that allowed the Sunbelt to get 12 teams bowl eligible. 
Georgia Southern got bowl eligible, then lost everybody, just handing out wins left and right. Um, what what stands out to you about uh, this this Georgia Southern Ohio matchup in Myrtle Beach? Something you alluded to right there is you. I, I try to look for again. I hate picking bowl games. I think it's so hard to find an edge. No boy Bud's going to be all over it. But one of the things I do try to look for is kind of momentum coming in or, you know, like you mentioned, losing your last four games of the season. Like, that can't be a great sign. I know sometimes your schedule gets a lot tougher. Also looking at Clay Helton's, you know, success or lack thereof in bowls, even going back to his time at USC, one and four straight up and 0 and five against the spread in his last five bowl games. And the other thing, there are some pretty good bowl trackers, like opt-out, transfer portal trackers mm. i was alarmed at the number of guys that are in the portal for all these i, I pictured it all of like the top tier programs or you know like we're so focused on the names at the top of the list but when you have 1100 players in the portal already and you're going to find a team like ohio has 10 guys that are in the transfer portal including their quarterback curtis work so it's just how the heck do you try to handicap this thing I don't know. I will be taking notes with the chat on a lot of these. <laughs> I also, <laughs> like I'm not joking. Like I just, I don't know where you find the edge in a lot of these. I like uh, somebody in the tailgate. It's time for sicko bowls. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, they're, <laughs> they're all sicko. sick. These are all, all sick, 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 sick. Uh, Tom, bud, what's I've, I've got a thought here, but uh, I'll let, let y'all get next word. I mean, I, I would lean Georgia Southern just because, again, Danny mentioned it. Like, Ohio's got a whole lot of guys in the portal right now. Rourke is gone. Miles Cross, one of their better receivers, is in the portal. Like, I, when you look at teams at this level, like at the G5, and not even the top of their leagues for the most part, these aren't exactly the most have a ton of depth, a ton of ready made depth. So, when you look at a team like Ohio, when the starters are hitting the portal, it's really hard to have a lot of faith in what they have behind them at this point. So, but also it also depends on who's in the portal. Like quarterback, obviously huge. If they've got linemen in the portal, that's huge. Receivers, maybe not as much. Running backs, maybe not as much. But based on what I know about these teams right now, I lean Georgia Southern. But this is like bowl season is live, but betting season. It's it's really difficult to bet these things before the game start. You kind of want to see how it's going and go from there. Yeah. Um, so Couple things. One, I think you do need to be aware of who's playing and not playing. Um, two, all of that stuff, if it's been out for like more than a day or so, is priced into the market already. Mm-hmm. So don't delude yourself into into thinking that knowing Curtis Rourke isn't playing. It means that Georgia Southern is a lock. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like guys, do you know who else knows that? Every single person who bets this stuff. Right. People aren't casually betting the. Uh, Maybe some people are not enough money in in, in the market uh, to say so. Um, the lines will move a good bit by like forty eight hours, seventy two hours before bowl, bowl time because a lot of the limits on these bowls are still really low. Okay, like I don't know what Fanduel's taking right now, uh, but I'm not I'm not going to name them. But like I, I can. I can look here on spank odds at certain other books and see they're taking like three thousand for a game that's 10 days away. That is really low when that book will take 50K, you know, every 60 seconds at at post, essentially, right? So the groups that bet this stuff, like, you know, as groups, they're going to wait to the extent they can because it's just not worth it to them to get down big-time money because you can't because the max bet size are too small. 
I think if you have real real edge here, it's identifying uh, cluster spots, right? Wait a second. That's like four guys out at one position. They're going to be down to a walk-on here. You know, a guy mm-hmm. really at a, at a position that you really can't hide a guy. Um, everybody knows Curtis works out. I think most people would know this if they're really researching it, but uh, the backup is also out for Ohio. So Harris, if you got, do you guys remember the San Diego State game that Ohio played? Mm-hmm, the third stringer. Yeah. Uh, so Harris is out for the year. So it's going to be some third string kid uh, for them. Georgia Southern just played like crap down the final stretch, as Chip said. So I, this was Ohio like three ish at open. Right, and now it's moved almost a full touchdown to Georgia Southern three and a half, uh, or yeah, about that. Um, so, like, it's been priced in. Well, that's funny because I don't even need to check availability. I got a best bet right off the rip. Okay, I don't care so, who's playing. This is eleven a.m. Eastern time in Myrtle Beach. How the hell do you think anything's going to function properly at eleven a.m. in Myrtle Beach? Come on now. Like this, you you are showing up. And by the way, we also have 10 to 11 mile an hour winds. That's not quite wonder conditions. But, you know, you get down there by the coast, things can get just a little bit breezy. You know, a, a missed field goal here, a pass that doesn't quite get delivered on time, especially if we're dealing with backup quarterbacks. Under 48 and a half. Come on now. This is, this you, you spot that 11 a.m. at Myrtle Beach. And maybe, you know what? Speaking of the live betting principle, that might be one where if there's a an early touchdown and all of a sudden this thing jumps up to like above 56 for some reason, then all of a sudden you get a really good number. But uh, I've I've caused um, I've I've had some really rough mornings in Myrtle Beach. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to incriminate myself here in this public platform, but I will say that there is uh, there is low motivation. To, to avoid entirely the distractions and the temptations of Myrtle Beach. And so I'll, uh, I'm going to say under 48 and a half is the, uh, is, is the best bet in Dirty Myrtle. Also, like, Ohio's defense is legitimately pretty good. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, a little bit of a drop back from wagon status, but st- still one to do. Yeah. One other just kind of guiding principle. Books are shorting the money line prices on dogs. Right, so everybody's like, "Oh, it's bowl season. It's crazy. Who knows who's going to win? I'm going to take the dogs." Uh, you can look over recent years; they are not giving you the same price. Like a three point dog is is priced at you know, like X minus five instead of X for the mm-hmm. for the appropriate money line price. Uh, but we're all still going to love it, thanks to FanDuel and money line sprinkles. <laughs> yes, exactly right. But I'm saying like, there is also value in taking points. You know, uh, so ma- make sure that what you're taking is appropriately priced. That's very, very and we good. We do advice. love FanDuel and Moneyline Sprinkles. Yeah. All right. So that'll get you started at 11 a.m. We are wall to wall and it, for some uh, windows, multiple screens there um, on on Saturday. Uh, 12 o'clock noon Eastern time, Howard and Florida A&M in the Celebration Bowl. I, I, tried, I have not watched every single game. So does anybody got anyone on that? I would just say go Rattlers. Yeah. I'm a fan. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. Fan- Family. Fam got some legit transfers. I was like, oh, that like I was, uh, not guys who were great in college, but like dudes who at least seen them in, in the state of Florida in high school. It's like, oh, that guy can really run. So Coach Coach Willie Simmons is a is a good one. Yeah. They've got a good Go program. Fam. So all right. And then 215. All right. Okay. Contrarian. You and Brendan Witted. You just, don't you know, stand you don't up. give the bison a touchdown and think they're not going to just run right over you. 
<laughs> um, all right, at 2.15 p.m. Eastern Time in the New Orleans Bowl, it's Jacksonville State against Louisiana. This is the seventh New Orleans Bowl appearance for the Raging Cajuns in the last 12 years, which brought about a very humorous um, uh, outburst. Uh, you know, you've, you're sitting there and you're like, uh, oh, do you think that fans are going to be bored by this? And the response was, if you saw how uncomfortable we, our fans were in Shreveport last year, they're going to love being inside in the Dome this year. But we are looking at Jacksonville State. Uh, you know, the Rich Rods, Gamecocks, two-and-a-half-point favorites over under a 58-and-a-half. Um, what stands out about this one? I think as long as it stays under three. Like, this line has moved a lot in Jacksonville State's direction since it first opened, but I still like the Gamecocks here at minus two-and-a-half. For me, it's... I think they have the better defense. And then I think on offense, they have the most dangerous player in Zion Webb, who is not, you know, he's he's not a great passer. He's a very much better runner than he is a passer at the QB position. And he's also inconsistent, but he's got the ability to make stuff happen that I don't think anybody else on the field does. So when I put those factors together, I think Jack State is where I want to be in this one. Yep. I mean, give, give me the team that is making its first ever bowl appearance jacked up i mean that is that is as basic and vibesy as it gets but uh, i i think that i can i can rock with that and feel comfortable holding that ticket but at the same time they're not the chilling cajuns so you know you can't just take it for granted <laughs> true they do rage mm-hmm. yeah, they are five and one all time in the new orleans bowl outright too mm-hmm. louisiana's what was that you- what what do you use for home field here <sighs> i mean I feel like the in real life, if this was a regular season game, I don't know. I think it'd be heavier. But in a bowl game atmosphere, I don't know that it's that strong. I would give it about a point and a half. I just think Jacksonville State's a much better team. Yeah, I was using one. Okay. I, I, I prefer Jack State here. Like for I'm not betting this game, but if I have to like do um you know, like bowl pick'em type stuff, uh if it's two and a half, I would definitely take Jacks. With three, I would probably take Jacks. Yeah, like I I've seen a lot of both of these teams this year, and I'm just overall, I'm a lot more impressed with what I see from Jacksonville State than what I saw from the Cajuns on the season. Motivation, too. I mean, Chip mentioned it. You got one team trying to create, you know, do something historical. You've got another one who wasn't that long ago played in the championship game and was, you know, trying to take shots at New York Six Bowls. Um, yeah, I think I think Jacksonville State's probably the right side. That is at 2.15 p.m. Eastern time. Then at 3.30, it's about half time-ish, maybe a little bit second quarter, we'll get kickoff uh, in the Cure Bowl in Orlando, Florida. It's going to be Miami, Ohio against App State. Mountaineers are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, Who's got a a feeling on this one? You almost called it a lock. I know, (laughs) I know, I know. know. See, I am honest with our community in the Cover 3 tailgate and beyond that if – if we're going to call we're not going to force locks here, but we are going to give you at least our picks and our best bets. I mean, Miami's going to be on its third string QB here. Scabbard's out and the backup has entered the portal after they win the Mac. But that defense is just so good that I'm, I don't know. I might bet it. We'll see. I'm probably going to wait till the game starts just to get a better read of it. That's the case from almost all these games. But I like, I think giving nearly a touchdown to Miami is a bit much. I just think defensively they do a very good job of slowing teams down and disrupting stuff. And it's going to be, it's going to make it difficult for App State and offense that to me, week in and week out has been very inconsistent. It's hard for me to trust them to be good.
good enough in this game to pull away by that much. So I, I would take the Red Hawks on the spread, but I also kind of like the under here. Mm. Yeah, I, I lean Miami, Ohio because of the defense. They don't really have any opt-outs I care about. And special think- teams. They've been six yeah. special, special teams, teams all yeah. year. Mm-hmm. I think they care, certainly. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that App State cares as well. Like they, they don't have a ton of important opt-outs here. I'm a little hesitant to just go nuts on this because I do think that the quality of athlete in the Sun Belt is a good bit superior to what is in the MAC. Uh, so, I, I in comparing some notes with folks, I, I think I'm lower on the MAC than most, but I, I still would prefer for pick'em purposes to take Miami Ohio here. Um, like, how much, can you really take off points for Avion Smith not playing? He's oh, come on, let me see it. Let me see the Vaz. Let, oh. let me see. <laughs> <laughs> right, but also it is a little scary that they didn't play the backup over him. So what mm-hmm. does that say about the backup? Like they're still running Avion Smith out there. Maybe I don't know if the backup is mobile enough. Maybe that's why they wanted Smith was just because of his legs. But I don't know. Yeah, it's it's also too like I don't think we're talking about losing Jordan Travis or Bo Nix or Michael Penix. Even going from Gabbert to Smith, like. Gabbard's pretty good, but it wasn't like he was lighting him up. They didn't ask him to do a ton. I think he had one game over 300 yards. So I think there might be a little bit of a knee jerk reaction to losing, you know, your quarterbacks when it's not that they're not that reliant on quarterback lifting them up. Uh, but do you think that fading the Mac is built into the price here? Be, and is that something that is still like for the if you are filling out those bowl pickums, is is that something that you can bring in as a principal because I mean, Tom, I feel like you and I have talked about that for years. Like, if, mm-hmm. if you don't know, if it's a coin flip, you don't know which way to lean, fade the Mac because I don't have the stats in front of me, but I do believe that it has not been a, a profitable conference um, either straight up or against the spread in the postseason in recent years on the whole. I think it's rebounded the last year or two a little bit, but yeah, there was like a four-year stretch there where it was just like printing money, just betting against the Mac in a bowl game. Yeah, that's where I'm App State on this one because like you, you you mentioned about just comparing notes thinking about the level of athlete sunbelt versus mac uh i think that that that's what we see sometimes play out here in some of these postseason games is that app state for example let's think about joey aguilar let's think about app state's passing game like miami ohio's defense is excellent when they are not playing uh offense with athletes like app state homer <laughs> Let's go. Uh, also, the under from Tom Fernelli. All right, so that's at 3.30. Now, the follow-up to the New Orleans Bowl on one of your screens will then be the New Mexico Bowl, and that is New Mexico State against Fresno State, and Jerry kills Aggies of three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Bulldogs. Um, Tom, these Fresno's got like a, a whole like jumbo jet the players out, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Fresno had a very rough finish to the season, which then led to Jeff Tedford stepping away for health reasons, and that kind of made how just bad they kind of looked over the last month, a little more a little more clarity on what had happened there. But, yeah, they've got a ton of guys in the portal since. Tedford will not be coaching this game. And then you've got New Mexico State, who's mostly at full strength here and does still have Diego Pavia. So I'm – if, if I'm betting this game, I'm not betting against the Aggies here. I, w- I would lay the three and a half. I would even, you know what, look for an all line. See if you can get it more closer to a touchdown. I get, uh, I like the over. Ooh. You know, I, neither defense is outstanding. 
I think, you know, the quarterback probably being out for uh, if it's uh, Pavia uh, or if it's Blaze Berlowitz. I think, I mean, Berlowitz stepped in. He played all right. Like, I think mm-hmm. they'll be able to put up some points. Um, but I also think Mikey Keene, you know, getting him healthy, kind of away from, uh, I think he had a concussion. Like, it should get the best version of him. He can put up some points on the board. I'd say, I, I, I don't know what the trends are with bowl season, but, like, when we always ask who wants to be there, to me, defense is an effort thing. And if you're running around there like, hey, I don't want to get hurt, let me just kind of kind of give a little bit of effort to show like I'm acting like I want to play. And I, I think this is one of those games where you could see a higher scoring game. Mm, let's see. So are, are we going to be closer to uh, Rio Grande in the valley or the foothills area of Glenwood Hills? We've got an elevation that ranges from 4,900 to 6,700 feet. If that's some thin air, then you know ball could fly. And I've checked the wind. We do not have wonder conditions. I, I, I kind of like that overplay. You know, I, I think that we could really see him get out there and sling it. Like if you want to get into the motivation stuff, um, Clearly, I, I think being able to play a bowl game in front of your fans is probably good motivation for New Mexico State. Yeah. Was it last year that they all the flights got canceled to Detroit so that none of their fans could get there? Or, or some, something happened something where like, like they that, were yeah. – Yeah, so like none, they made a bowl game last year. None of their fans were able to uh, to go to it. Uh, if you're Fresno, look, guys, playing in the New Mexico Bowl has to be incredibly disappointing. Yeah. You Yeah. Like you were you're, deep you're in the You were in the mix for playoff. the Mountain West Championship in mm-hmm. early November. Right. You thought you were going to Vegas for the Vegas Bowl and the conference title game. Congratulations. Now it's up. At this price, I probably would pass um, and watch live to make sure that that Pavia is uh, – I, I definitely assume he's playing. I want to make sure he's actually healthy and, and looks like he can throw it around because the arm was a problem against Liberty. How about Jerry Kill New Mexico State going for their first – or excuse me, second 10-win season – their last one, 1960. It's kind of like that Jacksonville State vibe, like dangle that carrot out there. Hey, we got a chance to do something really special. It's yeah, been a great season wins. for him, too. That staff yeah. can coach, man. Yeah. I mean, so can Fresno, honestly, but yeah. yeah. You're going to have to drag Diego Pavi off that field. I don't care <laughs> if his arm's hanging on by a thread. He'll throw. He'll learn to throw left-handed, damn it. Although, watch out. Fresno State could want to win one for the skipper. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then at 7.30, I mean, look, this is kind of nice the way it's staggered. 2.15, 3.30, 5.45, 7.30. So this will be the game that follows Miami, Ohio against App State. It is UCLA and Boise State in the L.A. Bowl brought to you by Gronk, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, this is the Gronk the National Anthem. <laughs> <laughs> Gronk is sponsoring a bowl game? Yes. Yeah. Title sponsor. Um, UCLA and Boise State, UCLA a four-point favorite. Uh, so let's let's recap. So we Dante Moore is in the portal. Um, we I'm guessing Laitu Latu is going to opt out. Opt out. Yeah, mm-hmm. opt out. Uh, Taylor Green, the Boise State quarterback, is not only in the portal, but is already committed to Arkansas. Ashton Ginty, as of this back. conversation, is not only back, but says he's playing in the bowl game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chip Chip (laughs) Kelly in a non-conference game of little significance, Ashton Jinty, all the good defensive coaches are gone from UCLA. I mean, it kind of feels like money. Boise all day, plus four. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Oh, great. I love it. Tell me why. Green's out, and so is 
the backup quarterback. Remember, they were playing uh, Madsen, mm-hmm. alternating him with Green, and he's out for the year. So you're looking at a true freshman quarterback for Boise. Does he know uh, how I to think- put the ball in the gut at number two? <laughs> C.J. Tiller. <laughs> yeah, I, mm, I I don't think Boise's stealing here. Um, I, I, athlete quality-wise, I, I think UCLA is a lot more athletic. If they care and show up, I, I think they should run them. Do you think UCLA will care and yeah. show up? You remember the Sun Bowl against Pitt? I would prefer to live bet this game. I would like mm-hmm. to see exactly how well Garbers throws the ball around. And, uh, you know, I'll, if UCLA cares, I'd be willing to lay uh, sort of a, a, a more premium price. I we'll do say think Boise State should care. I mean, they like they got their coach they wanted. You know, I mean, I saw the reaction from the players when Spencer Danielson was named officially the head coach. They all. You think they're going to play? I don't know. They also played like like crap against Air Force. I mean, I know they won a game, but like they were really disappointing there. So I I don't. I maybe they're saved up a good effort for this coach against them. Yeah, I like the under. You know, it's two freshman quarterback UCLA's defense, but without Latu, without Dan, is Garbers out? I think there's a chance Garbers is. Yeah. Okay. Really. That man has been. That man has been like. That man has been helped off by a teammate like six mm-hmm. times this year. <laughs> yeah. Guys, always. Garbage so is always hurt. Yeah. But I, I'm just worried about this game because the last years when Jimmy Kimmel was sponsoring it, there were some great Laura Rutledge segments with the puking camel. And I just wonder if that, since Kimmel's not sponsoring it, does the puking camel return or is he gone? Because that to me was a key part of this game every year. It's one of the great college football traditions of all time. Well, this game was also where Florida kicked the saddest field goal of all time. No, was, was that Oregon? LA? No, that was that was in Vegas. That was oh, Vegas. That was Vegas Bowl. Okay, yeah. okay. Oregon so State. Oh, field goal yeah. all time. Or Oregon State, Florida. Okay, wrapping up Saturday, nine fifteen p.m. Eastern time. Who's gonna stay up for the Independence Bowl, wire to wire? I mean, this is what a twelve forty-five p.m. Eastern time finish between Cal and Texas Tech. This one was alarming at how many players are in the portal already for both teams. Like 15-plus for each team. It's crazy. Shuck, of course, he was gone, but he wasn't playing that much anyway. I mean, yeah. Um, over? Sure. I, I kind of like over. Fast-paced. Yeah. Keep really good running backs. 2 a.m., yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, over. If I'm going to be up late, let's at least cash this ticket. Great you- sleep hedge. This is this is one of those games, Chip. We because we have to do a bowl draft every year, like us and the editorial team for the games we're responsible for. And this is the old veteran move of Tom and Chip, just completely avoiding this game. So once we see the start time, all these all these young bucks are looking for. Ooh, this game will be fun. Chip and I are just like, okay, what day and time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All, all the all the all the young bucks are getting all the Power Five teams. And we're like, give me that two fifteen start. Let's go. <laughs> give, me, give me a couple Saturday afternoon games and a New Year's Day. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll say over. Uh, if if anything, right there. Um, all right, two more quickly, and then we'll hit a break and come back with our money line sprinkles. Uh, Western Kentucky and Old Dominion. This is on Monday, two thirty p.m. Eastern time. The famous Toastery Bowl in Charlotte, North Carolina, at Jerry Richardson Stadium. You can't Whoa. vote against the Monarchs at Jerry Richardson Stadium. They've got the familiarity. They've played there like a billion times. I, that makes sense to me. Uh, I mean, I just haven't loved Western Kentucky in general. 
Like I, I generally have felt like they have fought. It's, it should have all been evened out at this point. Right. We got 12 games of data. It's for all, all the ratings to adjust, but for a, a Hilltoppers team that generally has fallen short of expectations. Sure. I'll, I'll go with the Monarchs there. Remember when this was just a conference USA game? Yeah. What is the about- wind situation like in this stadium? Because the capacity is only 14,000. I'm assuming mm-hmm. we don't have like, like a, a lot of buffer against the wind. <laughs> Not very tall or, seats. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, it, it's a real thing w- with Hawaii. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a real thing with – remember when Oregon State was doing the construction? Yep. I mean, that, that kind of wind had a huge impact on totals. Whoa. Whoa. We've got 13-mile-an-hour crosswind. Crosswind. Cherry and no Ridge resistance. Stadium. Mm-hmm. No resistance. <sighs> Ricky Ronnie installing that up-tempo run game. Let's go. Don't put that ball in the air. Just move nope. it on the ground. Old Dominion. Do you, please don't put the ball in the air. Yeah. Please. Um, yeah, I, I would say, uh, yeah, I like that. Old Dominion, maybe if you want to dance with the under, maybe. But Harlem, do it. It's a bowl season. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, and then uh, the Frisco Bowl from Toyota Stadium in Frisco, Texas. Uh, UTSA and Marshall. UTSA opened at 10, has danced out to 13. Yowzas. Not too much of a swing? I don't think so. Really? I'm not sure how good Marshall is. You're not a believer I, in Chase Pennington? Uh, zero touchdowns, six picks. So <laughs> I, I not, not particularly. Just like his dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Chad was very good in college. Chad was a pretty good NFL QB too, honestly. Yeah. No, look, Marshall beat Virginia Tech. Marshall hung with NC State. But once they got into conference play, he started to yeah, they started to lay some eggs. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that says about Virginia Tech and NC State, but you know, not, not enter the postseason. I mean, what was it? Um, uh, Cam Fancher, the quarterback, enters the transfer portal, and Charles Huff is telling the local media that he was like, yeah. "Fans hated him anyway." <laughs> Kid was miserable. I mean, if, I'm sure the fans, that wasn't the only player that felt hated on there. I'm wondering where Marshall's headspace is right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's I just still know. a bowl game. 12 and a half is a lot That's in a bowl what I game. Think. I'm staying Penn, away. I'll watch Penn live. Felt we'll like stealing. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't think Marshall's very good. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe this is a live. Uh, maybe you. Hopefully, Marshall scores on the script, right? And you can get something under ten, and this then be a, able to jump back in. The nineteenth is a Tuesday, right? Correct. So nine p.m. Eastern start on a Tuesday. Another I mean, game that Tom and Chip avoided in the bowl draft. I don't think I'll be betting this one at all, folks. I don't <laughs> Eighteen Marshall players in the portal. Eighteen. If I bet this, it's going to be a first half play, boys and girls. <laughs> I think only three are starters. Okay. But Marshall had a ton of injuries in the secondary down the stretch, like crucial guys. So it's like portal plus are those dudes coming back to play in this game? Uh, Another pro tip, off-season surgeries, like guys who – if you see a lot of guys elect to have surgeries instead of playing in the bowl game to get ready for spring ball, that could be an indication of, uh, you know, how how into a game the team really is. Because the staff is probably encouraging some of these guys, hey – Get your mm-hmm. surgery now. This bowl game doesn't mean a thing. Get ready for spring. Mm, that's a good note right there. All right. Coming up on the other side, 
the bowl nanza money line sprinkles we'll give you our best underdog bets to take on the field next this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This Moneyline Sprinkles segment is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. All right, Danny, uh, we... We just need one. If you want to sprinkle all the games that we've talked about today, feel free. But uh, but let's hear it. what's uh, what what are the money line sprinkles for uh, for you the uh, the sprinkle king here as we get the Bolnanza sprinkles competition started. I would say don't follow my past successes during the regular season on the bowl ones. Don't feel quite <laughs> as confident in this one. Uh, I'll go ahead and take Miami of Ohio to beat App State. Outright. All right, Talk about their Miami two ten. Yeah. Miami, Ohio, plus 210 for Danny. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, it 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 might be a different level of athlete, but, boy, I've, the time-honored tradition of uh, of Chip Kelly and non-conference games, it's too, uh, too juicy for me right there. So uh, give me Boise State in the L.A. Bowl as my, uh, as my money line sprinkle here for Bowl Nanza Chapter 1. Plus 175. All right. Um and Tom, I've got two. Sweet. I'm with Danny on Miami of Ohio at plus two ten, and also just as a revenge for the very first week of the season, give me Cal plus one forty against Texas Tech. I don't hate that. Not- Neither do I. What was the revenge for the beginning of the season? Uh my. Big play in the first week of the year was Texas Tech minus 14 against Wyoming. They jumped out to like, what, the 14 to nothing lead after the first quarter and then just plain stopped playing football. Got, I got a lot of heat for it. I went on pardon my take and said it was like a game of the year kind of situation because I thought Tech was going to blow them out. And yeah, so Texas Tech's been on my poop list ever since. All right, bud. I'm going to go Cal. Oh, yeah. um, let's go. I, I think they can they can score a little bit on Texas Tech. Uh, I'm a little bit concerned that Texas Tech they take Noah Rodgers or just Crystal Ball. I'm not sure, but they it looks like Cal got the North Texas quarterback. So what what sort of headspace does that have Mendoza in the freshman who's been playing uh, decently well for Cal? Uh, both these teams have a lot of guys out. I'm not really sure either of these teams care a whole lot. But one of these teams had a goal of winning the conference at the preseason. One of these teams had a goal of making a bowl. So I'm going to go ahead and take the team that had the goal of making the bowl. Texas Tech had goals of winning the conference? I mean, hey, I, some, some people. 
Uh, not us. Voted them to uh, to win the Big Twelve. They were picked third in the preseason order finish, I believe. So I guess I guess you are right about that. So uh, for uh, money line sprinkles and bull nanza part one, Danny is on Miami Ohio plus two ten. Chips got Boise State plus one seventy five. Tom has Miami Ohio plus two ten and Cal plus one forty, and Bud has Cal plus one forty. And this moneyline sprinkles segment has been brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. All right, that's a that's a that's a good that's a good little bit of bonanza. We're off and running. I mean, this is this is the sicko one, right? This is going to be as sick as it gets, probably. No, there's more sick coming. Don't you worry, Chip. Okay, so these um, games aren't exactly, you know. <laughs> well, this gets us through to two through Tuesday, and then our next bonanza will be next Thursday, in which we will start with Thursday night's Boca Raton Bowl. Uh, the Friday game, and then a loaded Saturday on December 23rd. So that'll be everything from the Boca Bowl on Thursday, the 21st, through the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. So that'll be 12 games in Bowl Nanza Part 2. Next Monday, uh, we'll be linking back together with all the latest news and notes from the Transfer Portal and elsewhere. Wednesday, after most of the dust is settled on National Signing Day, uh, come join us here for a National Signing Day reaction. The biggest uh, commits, the biggest flips, uh, everything that you need to know from a busy day on the recruiting trail. So again, uh, next will be Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern time. Wednesday will be around maybe 6 p.m. Eastern time, 5 p.m. Eastern time, You know, a little bit later on. And then next Thursday, the 21st, we will have our next edition of Bowl Nanza tackling everything from the Boca Bowl through the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. Danny, are you grand marshaling the Boca Bowl this year? I should. I mean, it's right down the street. I Come know. on. I'm it's not. Right there with like a crown and one of those sectors. <laughs> yes, that's right. South Florida and Syracuse. It's a good game. It's a good, it's a good game for uh, the Boca Bowl. Mm-hmm. Two pretty oh, good yeah. brands. High yeah. scoring, good weather, right? Yeah, it should be perfect. Kind um, of the future team. Yeah. Well, well, I the think Grand Marshall game. drives like a big old Cadillac that you can hardly see over that all the old people drive. Hell yeah. Oh, I will say, so the Cure Bowl is Miami, Ohio app. Uh, we're expecting really bad weather here in Orlando. We actually had to move the community Christmas golf cart parade uh, from Saturday oh. to Friday. I don't think we've had a more Florida sentence oh, yeah. uh, on the <laughs> show than that in a long time. It has been nasty down here this week. That's <laughs> a good, good yeah. point. It's been ugly. It has. It's 50 yeah. degrees and sunny here. Only the golf course was open. How, how well organized uh, is is that parade? It's probably like twenty or thirty people, That's or nice. carts. Put the put the battery powered light packs on there. Strap the kids in. You know they they like it quite a bit. We had one. When your kids get older, it's way too much liability. When they can actually drive them and they steal them and then they, oh, you know, yeah. take them around the neighborhood. That's that's when we got rid of ours. I My wife was like, "Do you want to get our cart lifted?" I was like, "I do not want to get our cart lifted." The lift of a golf cart? Oh <laughs> yeah! Oh yeah! You yeah. guys haven't seen well, anything. <laughs> no, there there is a there is a good there. There's like a certain level of lift that if you want to keep it cleaner, if you run through a puddle, it actually helps because it doesn't splash as high. But there's a bit of like a a danger threshold, like Danny's saying, like like top you, heavy, you, right? It's gonna flip over. Yeah. Yes, and of course, kids are gonna drive it real responsibly, right? Yeah, you get some so, thirteen years old, oh, two inch lift, not a six inch lift. You haven't seen nothing until you've seen the golf cart game down here. 
where they got like matte black, pimped out wheels, stereo systems, light shows. Danny's it's- cart is on hydraulics with spinners. Right. <laughs> Big speakers. You got, you got the six seater or the four seater? <laughs> we got rid of ours. We don't have one. Smart. Reduce liability. Yeah. There you go. All right. Plus, Danny just walks out and he's on the course now. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> you don't need it. Just be right out there, ready to go. Okay. Or you could go to your sister's place, which is even closer, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We will be back Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And so come join us at youtube.com slash cover three. And you can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow him at Bud Elliott three. You can follow him at Danny Cannell. Follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.